Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, before we get to the drug of the day, uh, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Simply an email subscription will get you access to the top 200 study guide I've put together. It's a 31-page PDF. It's stuff that shows up on pharmacology exams, board exams uh, throughout your career. So definitely don't hesitate uh, to snag that absolutely for free. So all ne- simply an email uh, is all it'll take for you to get access to that. All right, the drug of the day today is Enalapril. Brand name of this medication is Vasotec. And as many of you maybe studying pharmacology um, could recognize, it has the P-R-I-L, the PRIL ending. So this is indeed an ACE inhibitor. ACE inhibitors uh, commonly used for hypertension, heart failure, post-MI, proteinuric, chronic kidney disease. Uh, Those are really the indications that you're going to see in practice. hypertension being most common, uh, and then heart failure post-MI definitely, uh, you see a significant amount as well. Now, I will say I see lisinopril uh, used much more commonly. Clinicians typically have more experience with that one. Uh, There is a little bit of difference in kinetics too with enalapril, um, but occasionally I do see uh, enalapril used. Dosing with this medication Usually we're in the range of 5 to 40 milligrams per day. Starting doses uh, anywhere from 1.25. If you've got, you know, let's say a patient with severe renal impairment, you may start really, really low. Um, 2.5 to 5 milligrams is probably the usual starting dose. I see 2.5, a significant amount, I guess, uh, in my geriatric patient population there. Uh, the rub, I guess, with enalapril is uh, it's kind of in the middle of once a day versus twice a day. Uh, so the half-life is in the range of two to six hours for this medication, obviously depending upon how good your renal function is and things of that nature. So in patients with pretty good renal function, uh, there definitely is the potential that that drug may wear off a little bit. So that's kind of why, um, if you look, you know, the, the package inserts and other things will say once or twice daily. Um, I would say most uh, with halfway decent renal function, uh, we're probably going to lean towards twice daily, which, you know, as a pharmacist who's worked with a lot of patients before, twice daily dosing of medications is a lot more challenging for patients to stay uh, adherent to that medication regimen. So that that is definitely a, a challenge there. Uh, other things with dosing kind of alluded to uh, that renal function. Uh, we need to maybe be a little bit more cautious. So in patients with a renal function of 10 to 30 mils uh, per minute, uh, we probably want to max that dose out at 20 milligrams, which is probably a, a somewhat significant subset uh, depending upon the area you work in. Uh, So that's the dosing of the medication. Uh, Just a quick refresher. I did skip over mechanism of action, but I'll say it here. Being an ACE inhibitor, uh, it inhibits the angiotensin converting enzyme. Uh, Essentially what this does is it prevents the conversion of angiotensin 1 to angiotensin 2. And angiotensin 2 has uh, a few different actions that it can cause, uh, but one of the primary ones relating to blood pressure is vasoconstriction. So 
if we have less angiotensin II around, we're going to have less vasoconstriction, which helps lower blood pressure. I did want to mention dosage forms, so obviously I've been talking oral mostly here. Uh, there is an IV formulation. Uh, there is some unpredictability uh, with that. In uh, Patients obviously in, in a hospital setting are going to get the IV uh, formulation if it is used there. Uh, patients uh, who are uh, basically have a lot, lack of fluid or dehydration or hypovolemic, however you want to say it, um, these patients may have a greater effect um, in blood pressure lowering, so it can maybe can cause some hypotension or significant hypotension uh, in that subset, or at least there's some evidence for that. Uh, so because of that kind of unpredictability, depending upon the patient status, uh, most I think are, are leaning towards uh, other agents unless there's a you know significant um, uh, compelling indication to use it. So uh, just a little bit there about the uh, IV formulation and why. Uh, you may or may not uh, see that used uh, terribly often. All right, adverse drug reactions. So uh, first and foremost, cough. Uh, any ACE inhibitor can cause cough, chronic cough. It's a dry cough. That's important to denote. You know, it's usually not a wet cough, which is more associated with, you know, respiratory infections and things like that. And then, of course, it's going to last a, a long time. So two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, if you got a patient with that ongoing cough. Or, you know, let's say you're in a uh, community pharmacy or you recognize somebody is, you know, purchasing over-the-counter cough medicine all the time. Uh, that's a great example of where uh, just simply digging in and asking a few questions uh, and recognizing if they're being treated for blood pressure and then obviously if they're being treated uh, with an ACE inhibitor uh, that could cause this. Uh, hyperkalemia, definitely something we're going to look out for. Uh, rarely, I have seen patients on ACE inhibitors and potassium binding medications. Um, so if that does happen, if you happen to come across that in practice, again, pretty rare that I've seen that, but I have seen it a couple of times. Um, make sure that, that we're addressing uh, the enalapril or the ACE inhibitor uh, to ensure that that's not raising that potassium and basically causing the uh, prescribing cascade. Uh, angioedema, so it's swelling of the lips, throat, that type of thing. Uh, acute but severe uh, type of adverse reaction, definitely associated with ACE inhibitors in general. Uh, and then acute renal failure, it has been associated with that. Uh, in my experience, it's going to be more uh, common, and I think the literature bears this out as well when you add on drugs that also may insult the kidney, so NSAIDs, diuretics, so on and so forth. Uh, so definitely pay attention to that. And with that acute renal failure, uh, I do want to specify that when we start an ACE inhibitor, it might be anticipated that that creatinine bumps up a little bit. And usually that threshold of, of what we tolerate is about 30%. So if you see somebody go their baseline, maybe they're at 1.2, 1.3, and they go up to you know 1.3, 1.4, that's not something uh, to get incredibly worried about. Okay, um, the issue that 
we're most concerned about is if you get a patient, let's say, uh, their creatinine doubles, you know, they go from one to two. It's like, okay, you know, this is a patient that's had some significant changes uh, in renal function and we need to reassess, you know, not only the ACE inhibitor, but obviously any other meds, uh, like I mentioned too, that, that could uh, worsen renal function. So uh, really important to, to pay attention to that. Uh, and then of course, any drug uh, that's used for hypertension can lower blood pressure as well. Uh, last but not least, did want to mention pregnancy. Uh, it is, it has fetal toxicity, so it is absolutely not recommended uh, to use ACE inhibitors during pregnancy. So avoid, avoid, avoid. Uh, definitely something that's um, can come up on your uh, pharmacology or, or board exams for sure. So uh, monitoring parameters, uh, potassium, certainly mentioned that, creatinine, um, watching out for that um, big increase in creatinine, I guess you'd say. Uh, and then, of course, blood pressure we're going to monitor as well. Uh, let's talk a little bit about kinetics. So I alluded to dose adjustments and limiting max dosages uh, in patients uh, with poor renal function or as that renal function declines. Uh, so it is 61% uh, eliminated, or at least enalapril and its active metabolites, uh, 61% renally eliminated. Uh, by the uh, by the kidney there. So um, with that said, as you can imagine, as renal function declines, uh, could be uh, more and more of this drug hanging around, maybe more uh, risk for adverse effects like cough and things of that nature. Uh, and then that half-life, I alluded to that in the dosing um, anywhere from, from two to six hours in most adults, again, dependent upon that renal function too. Um, so that's one of the big downsides of enalapril is that we may have to dose it uh, twice per day. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like geriatrics, pharmacotherapy, ambulatory care, BCMTMS, or NAPLEX, go check out meded101.com store. We've got a great list of resources there. Helped thousands of candidates prepare and pass their board exam. Uh, definitely go support the sponsor if you're uh, seeking study materials for those exams. Uh, if you're a med student, nursing student, PA, nurse practitioner, we've got great resources as well. Lots of books available on Amazon, uh, common drug interactions in primary care. Uh, we've got a crossword puzzle book on pharmacology, kind of a fun way to study and review. Uh, we've got flipping pharmacology flashcards if you're uh, in preparation and classes and things of that nature. Uh, so again, all those resources you can find at meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. All right, wrapping up with drug interactions. So first and foremost, we do not have any SIP enzyme interactions really to worry about with enalapril. So it's primarily renally eliminated, um, also significantly eliminated through the feces as well. So that is a nice thing in that we don't have to, to worry too much about SIP enzyme interactions. However, there are certainly some additive uh, type interactions. Uh, one I alluded to, so drugs that can cause insults to the kidney, so vancomycin, gentamicin, uh, those aminoglycosides, NSAIDs, uh, diuretics, they can have an additive effect on top of an ACE inhibitor like enalapril and uh, increase the risk for acute renal failure. So important to, to pay attention to that renal function and to drugs that we're adding and to over-the-counter agents like NSAIDs that the patient 
might just pick up and start taking. Allopurinol, I did want to mention there's an increased risk for uh, hypersensitivity and skin type reactions when you add allopurinol on top of ACE inhibitors. Uh, of course, we want to pay attention to drugs that lower or raise BP. So drugs that raise BP like stimulants, they can certainly counteract the effects and what we're trying to do uh, with ACE inhibitors. Uh, BP lowering meds, so obviously anything used for hypertension. Um, but also I did write a recent article at MedEd 101, uh, meds that cause lower blood pressure that aren't uh, antihypertensive. So you can go check that out um, at the meded101.com blog. Uh, but just a couple of common examples, you know, PDE5 inhibitors, some of the BPH meds like tamsulosin, uh, these can all have that additive blood pressure lowering effect. And then last but not least, uh, potassium. So a lot of drugs uh, can potentially increase potassium levels and that can have an additive effect on top of enalapril. So uh, spironolactone, uh, other potassium sparing diuretics like amylaride, uh, heparin, trimethoprim, tacrolimus. Uh, these are all uh, examples of medications that may cause hyperkalemia and add to that risk when we have a patient taking uh, enalapril. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a huge favor, leave a rating and review. Uh, it helps us reach more people and, and get in front of a bigger audience and share us. If you've got you know classmates, if you're a professor in college teaching, uh, definitely don't hesitate to share this podcast uh, with those individuals. Uh, we like to reach uh, lots of different people from all across the world uh, and help them learn pharmacology. Don't forget to go to reallifepharmacology.com, get your free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Great little refresher for you. Uh, and of course, if you want to reach out to me, mededucation101 at gmail.com. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.